Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dannison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Busy Thursday, busy show. Some great guests scheduled to be with us here in this hour. And most importantly, glad that you are with us today as we work through the start of Big Ten basketball. A lot of Big Ten games on last night. Kind of been an interesting teaser for what the conference could look like this season. Uh, but of course, Indiana sitting 2-0 and in conference play after wins over Maryland and then a road win at Michigan. Uh, and that's where things stand as now Indiana turns its attention to Auburn, a game that's a neutral site contest that will take place down in Atlanta coming up this weekend. So a big uh, resume opportunity for Indiana. Auburn, I think, a winnable game for the Hoosiers if they play as they did maybe in the second half against Michigan or as in they did uh, a lot of the game against Maryland. Uh, then, of course, after that, we know it's Kansas coming to Bloomington for a really tough home matchup for the Hoosiers, but some fun basketball ahead for the Hoosiers. We'll see if this team can continue its momentum and two Big Ten wins and a win in Atlanta over Auburn. That would be quite a streak for this team as they get ready for Kansas and then to finish off the month of December with some uh, fairly small home games against mid-major level opponents. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany segment one here in just a moment, some Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news coming up later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He is always with us on Thursdays as we talk the latest in IU basketball presented by Todd Coleman's classic furniture. Uh, Alex will be with us to talk about Indiana's success in the big 10 so far, and we'll start to preview the IU game. Mike Woodson had a media availability earlier today to discuss that that Auburn game and where things stand heading into that neutral site contest. So Alex Bozich with us a little bit later in the show. Also on Thursdays, I know last week we had a lot of IU football breaking news at that point with uh, Coach Signetti's name coming to the top of the list on Thursday. And then ultimately he was hired a week ago from tomorrow on Friday. We didn't get to have Steve Kerberg with us the week before was Thanksgiving, but Steve is a longtime coach and basketball person in our area, a great friend of this radio program and he's going to join us on Thursdays as we talk high school basketball. It's a great spot on Thursdays to kind of get ready for the weekend and what's ahead and of course on Friday night we have the big Floyd Central New Albany rivalry game. We'll broadcast that contest here on the Big X and there's uh, no question that's going to be a fun one to start the weekend. What should be a good weekend of high school basketball here in the area. So Coach Kerberg with us today. 
We'll talk New Albany, Floyd Central. We'll just talk some rivalry stuff in general today as well when it comes to high school basketball locally and a lot more with Coach Kerberg later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Trying today for a great lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you You'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you. I know IU fans on a high right now after two Big Ten wins, and I don't blame you. That's a wonderful start in the Big Ten Conference, so we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the IU-Auburn game. I know a number of people that are making the trip. Should be a good holiday time trip. Hit the big city of Atlanta, have some fun, attend the game, and make a good or a long weekend of it. Some people are going to do that. Are you headed to Atlanta? We'd love to hear from you. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's look at some headlines today. Uh, Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. You know, Indiana's had a lot of football players enter the transfer portal lately. There's no question about that. Most of them before a new coach was announced. I don't know that I've seen many, maybe a couple since Coach Signetti's arrival in Bloomington. But uh, now we're to the point where the transfer portal, I think as of like what, midnight on December 4th, has officially been open for players to enter the portal and to be contacted by coaches and ultimately to make uh, decisions on where they are going to go in the future. Well, a couple big things the last couple days, former IU quarterback Brendan Sorsby, he's announced that he is going to transfer uh, to uh, Cincinnati, will be his new destination where he will play football next season. So he will depart the IU program and is uh, transferring to Cincinnati. He started, uh, uh, Sorsby did six of uh, 10 games this season, appeared in 10 games this season, uh, started the last six games of the season for Indiana, a native of Denton, Texas. He threw for 1,587 yards in 10 games and rushed for 477 sack adjusted yards with four touchdowns. His completion percentage 56.96% and his quarterback rating was 129.88. So who is Coach Signetti looking at to maybe be quarterback next season? Well, he might go to his former school, James Madison University, and their quarterback, Jordan McLeod, uh, is somebody that could be a potential Hoosier. McLeod entered the transfer portal uh, back a couple days ago. And of course, as of now, Taven Jackson still uh, back for next season. I don't think we've seen anything on him as far as entering the transfer portal. And then Brock Lowry as well uh, will uh, be set to return next year, come into the program. It would be Jackson Davis as a redshirt sophomore, and Lowry would be a freshman next season as well. Of course, starter Dexter Williams from the 2022 season is in the transfer portal. And speaking of entering the portal, uh, IU running back and kick returner Jalen Lucas. That has been one of the announcements since Coach Signetti has been there. Uh, He announced uh, on Wednesday, yesterday morning, that he is going to enter the transfer portal. And no question about it, that's going to be a loss for Indiana unless Coach Sig can find a way to re-recruit him back to the Indiana program. Lucas led the Big Ten in average 
yards per kickoff return in each of his seasons, two of them at Indiana. He was named an All-American for his return efforts as a freshman, where he averaged 28.14 yards per return. And offensively, as a freshman, Lucas, 271 yards is what he ran for on 49 carries and two touchdowns, and he caught 16 passes for 82 yards. He was a a fun player to watch, and uh, definitely, uh, again, no matter who the coach is, no matter who he brings in from the portal, I think the loss of Jalen Lucas is definitely not a good thing for IU football for next season. While we're on the topic of football, I know we try to fit football in around a lot of basketball stuff here on this show, but I wanted to mention I saw that Louisville has added a transfer quarterback uh, from Texas Tech. He started his career at Oregon, uh, then went to tra- Texas Tech, I think back for the 21 season. But I wanted to mention that this is going to be uh, his upcoming season and final season, a seventh year senior. That's that COVID year involved. That's transfer portal, redshirt, other things that can happen for a college athlete these days. But can you imagine a seventh-year senior, uh, seven years he's been involved or around college football programs or, of course, playing in college football programs, Oregon and Texas Tech, two of the big dogs. So uh, interesting pickup for Louisville. Uh, don't know, don't even remember the young man's name. I think it was Tyler Show or Shao, something like that. But just unbelievable, seven-year senior. Uh, coming to uh, uh, Louisville next season. Just kind of a football note there. Also, uh, college basketball last night, I mentioned there were some Big Ten games of interest. Always fun to watch early on and see who's who and maybe who's legit, maybe who's not. Uh, See who teams maybe that uh, media predictors were wrong on about where they would place or be at for this season. But one game that caught my attention last night was a non-Big Ten game, and it was Marquette and Texas because Shaka Smart, I've always thought he's a good figure for college basketball. I can remember him as a very young coach working his way up the ranks, finally getting a head coaching job, and then obviously he transcended from there to some of the great big programs in the country. But he's got Marquette playing well, and of course he's the former coach at Texas. He left the Longhorns to come to Marquette. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see him square off against some of his former players and his former team last night. But I tell you what, Marquette, 86-65 winners last night. It looks like uh, Shaka, at least for the time being, made the right decision uh, leaving the Texas program where I don't remember specifically, but he, he was a little bit on the hot seat. Uh, probably, I don't think, was going to get fired, but definitely uh, things not always going in the correct direction. So he wanted a fresh start, saw Marquette as an opening to maybe build that fresh start, and Marquette rolls to an 86-65 win over Texas last night. I thought that was one of the highlights of college basketball from Wednesday night. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Some good high school basketball. Basketball this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. But of course, none bigger than New Albany at Floyd Central on Friday night. We'll have the call of that game, 7.05 pregame show, tip off at 7.30. And uh, yesterday we had Fonzo White, the head coach of Floyd Central, on the program to learn a little bit more about the Highlanders 
in advance of this big game. And a week ago, we had on Coach Jones of New Albany for kind of an early season preview of uh, what he thinks about the Bulldogs. If you missed those interviews, you can go back and find those respective shows as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Uh, again, fi- uh, Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a break, and we'll be back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll talk IU success over Maryland and Michigan, and we'll also talk about IU and Auburn coming up this weekend down in Atlanta. And then still ahead, Steve Kerberg later in the show on local high school basketball and more. So a fun show ahead with two great guests coming your way here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday show. Thornton's text line is open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Question, comment for Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, who is with us now. You can send it in, 502-414-1450. And this segment brought to you each week by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. They've got locations now in Jeffersonville, the new location on Veterans Parkway, and, of course, two locations in downtown New Albany. Alex, uh, since we spoke last, Indiana with two key wins, a home win on Friday against Maryland, where I felt like they played well throughout the contest, and then a Sunday night road game at Michigan where a good second half, I thought, really helped Indiana hang on to get the victory there. This Indiana t- team uh, heading into a couple big non-conference games with Auburn and Kansas. I think that maybe they've turned a little bit of a corner, Alex, headed into some of these tough games coming up. Yeah, Matt, it hasn't always been pretty, and obviously they have that that one loss to UConn, which uh, they didn't really play that well, but other than that, they've they've taken care of business. Say what you want about how much of a struggle those first couple games were or how much of a struggle it was at times against Michigan, but they continue to get the job done. Um, I do think they're, they're getting better. There's still obviously a lot of, a lot of work to do, a lot of room to grow, but I was uh, really impressed with just how uh, they stuck with things there in the second half at Michigan. Uh, Didn't still haven't been able to really break through from the perimeter with, with much shooting, but made a lot of, timely plays. I thought the defense was, was pretty good for the most part. And, and most importantly, they really uh, cut down on the turnovers there in that second half of Michigan after 10 in the first half, which obviously when you're trying to build momentum in a game and you keep turning the ball over, it's, it's hard to really extend your lead or keep the lead. And that's a big reason why Indiana trailed by two at, at halftime of that game, but only turning it over three times in the second half at Michigan total on the road in your first road game. I was really impressed with that. And just a lot of great individual performances. Malik Renew going for 15 points, had a, a real struggle there for a while early in the second half defensively, but came through 
uh, down the stretch with some, some key buckets and the same for Khalil Ware being able to come across the lane and make that shot to put Indiana up for good. And then obviously, <laughs> excuse me, the, the defense that he played uh, there down the stretch um, and then blocking or tipping that an inbound pass to preserve uh, the win and not give Michigan a chance at uh, kind of a desperation shot. I just thought overall it was a good team win um, and Indiana continues to find a way uh, to get things done. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall. Kind of an interesting situation for Indiana. Xavier Johnson has been out injured. Indiana has played uh, fairly well the last few games. I assume that Xavier will be back at some point in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend or beyond, but I do hear from fans on the text line occasionally, you know, what a wonder Xavier will he come back and play right away if Indiana's playing better it it puts the coaches in a tough situation but you think any correlation between that and what do you think Xavier's future will be how soon could we see him back any idea and will he immediately jump back in yeah it's an interesting question I mean I think he's obviously been around for a long time it's a six-year college basketball when he's ready to come back and play and he's healthy I think he's going to go back into the starting lineup I don't really think there's a a question about that in terms of the correlation between them kind of winning these last two games without him and you know I've had people ask me do you think they play better without him um I don't really subscribe to that I mean Indiana's guard depth is, is really thin they need all the help that they can get on both ends of the court. Uh, they don't have really many guys that can create offense on the perimeter right now consistently um, in their backcourt, and, and I think Xavier can do that when he's playing well. I mean, he didn't have a great start to the season. I think he was still really trying to figure out his role on this new team and playing with new teammates, and it was a, it was a rough start for him. But I think where he can really make a, an impact is defensively and we didn't really a couple games he was in there because he uh, was was hobbled a little bit. Remember that that third? I think it was that third non-conference game before they went to New York where he went down with that injury and then he kind of played through things. And then the Harvard game didn't look right. So he hadn't been healthy really since the first couple of games of the season completely. And so we didn't really get to see much of an impact defensively. But I think that's where he can help Indiana when he does get back on the court. I'm not expecting him back. Um, all that soon, just based on what Mike Woodson said this morning. He didn't really give it an answer when he was asked about his status. And just based on the fact that they've won these last two games without him, I don't think it really makes a lot of sense to try to rush him back and get him back for the Auburn or the Kansas game, to be honest with you, because Indiana, as nice as it would be for them to kind of pick up that signature non-conference win, they're going to have plenty of opportunities this season to pick up wins that really matter from an NCAA tournament perspective, and there's no reason to risk a player's uh, health for the long term by, by putting him back in, you know, before he's ready to go, and, you know, I think with the fact that they have a little bit of space now here between these games, I mean, they got the game Saturday, and then they're off for a week and play Kansas, and then they've got those three non-conference games after that and home to kind of close out the year. I think I think it's smart to be patient with him, make sure he's 100% healed and ready to go because the last thing you want to do is try to push him back in there for Auburn or Kansas and then you re-aggravate it and then all of a sudden you're looking at 
getting into the new year and into the, the meat of the Big Ten schedule without him. So uh, as as nice as it would be to see him back for these last two non-conference games to see how Indiana could respond, I'm not expecting it at this point. Alex Bozich inside the hall presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Let's go to the Thornton's text line. Texter says, does IU need to shoot more threes to make the tournament and make a deep run in the tournament? Um, I, a deep run in the tournament, they're going to have to make more threes than they're making right now. I mean, just to get in, I mean, they can, they got in last year shooting kind of a similar volume of threes that what they're taking this year. I mean, they're, they're not in terms of the volume of three pointers, it's down a little bit, but the main thing is, is they're just not making as many last year. They shot a better percentage, didn't really take a lot of threes in general. So I think they could probably find a way to get in. But um, with this volume, although there's going to be a lot of nights where teams are going to make nine or ten threes, and if you're making two or three, four, particularly on the road, it's going to be tough. I mean, they, they caught a break a little bit the other night against Michigan, who typically shoots the ball pretty well from three. I think they were something like four of 17. Or, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but it was something like that. They just had an off-shooting night. I think they were fortunate in that regard. You're not going to be able to do that regularly um so for a deep run yeah they're gonna have to make more threes because you get in the tournament i mean you gotta be able to, to score i mean indiana's defense has been okay to this point it's not been elite by any means and so to be able to to win games in a tournament setting you've got to be a, a really good defensive team you've got to be able to obviously <clears throat> score and, and make perimeter shots and making three or four a game uh, is not going to get it done. They're going to at least have to get that up a little bit for a deep run. But I do think they could have a chance to make the tournament on their current path. But they're going to have to get better in some key areas, like defensive rebounding, to me, is one of the biggest glaring weaknesses right now for this team. You know, Besides Khalil Ware, he's the only guy to me that has really stood out on the glass so far. And I think the turnovers, too, are a little bit too high. I think they're somewhere in the – 18% range of turnover percentage, which is kind of middle of the pack nationally. Last year, they were more like 16% in terms of the number of possessions that they were turning the ball over. So they got to cut that down. These are little things. I mean, when you're not an elite team that has something that you do, or where you, you know, have something that you can kind of lean, lean on on a game to game basis, like your bread and butter, which Indiana really right now, they're winning games just by, by dominating teams in the paint. Um, all those little things add up and, you know, as the season goes along and you're going to start going against better teams, I think they're going to have to make some gains in terms of just being a defensive rebounding team better, make some more threes, and take care of the ball better if they if they want to do uh, to make the tournament for a third straight year. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Another text on the Thornton's text line. I love Gabe Cups on the floor as a leader and ball handler, but I know he can shoot as Ohio's Mr. Basketball. I believe Gabe should look for his shot more, much like Braden Smith and Fletcher, Law Fletcher Lawyer on Purdue. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know kind of what he's being coached to do, so I don't know if he's maybe a little tentative because that's kind of just the role that he's being asked to play or if it's more him being tentative in terms of looking for his shot. You know, I saw him play last season in high school. Obviously, the levels much, uh, much different. But, you know, he 
wasn't, you know, he played that game last year at New Albany, Matt, and they, they won pretty easily, but he, it wasn't like he was hunting shots or looking for a ton of offense. I mean, he really tries to get other people involved. I think where he can really make his biggest impact is plays like the one he made the other night in that first half where he strips Doug McDaniel, takes it the other end, and feeds Khalil Ware for a dunk. Or, you know, when he's facilitating in the half court and taking good care of the ball, uh, you don't necessarily need him to score a lot of points or, or any points, to be honest with you, as long as he's taking care of the ball, uh, managing the game well, and, and playing good defense. Uh, Indiana's got other guys on the court, McKenzie and Baco, Malik Renew, Khalil Ware that can score. But to me, um, <clears throat> they need more from Trey Galloway in terms of the scoring. Uh, it's it's got to be less on – Let's focus on Gabe Cups and what he's doing offensively and more on, on a guy who's a fourth-year player in Trey Galloway who we know can can do some things offensively. He's got to get confidence in his shot back. He's got to be more aggressive driving the ball to the rim, You know, maybe get a couple of steals here and there, get out in transition. I think he's the guy that I'm focused more on than Cups. I mean, Cups is you know, eight games into his college career. He wasn't expected to be a starter at this point. I think the fact that Indiana's won two games now in the Big Ten, back-to-back with him as a starting point guard, says that he's obviously capable of holding his own, but he's got a lot of room to grow offensively. But the last thing he really needs to do is, is go out there and start hunting for shots and looking for shots. I mean, if, if he's open as a three and, and it's there, I mean, take it. But, uh, yeah, I think with the way they're playing right now with with the other guys, especially with the bench being able to come in, a guy like CJ Gunn make a couple threes, you know, Anthony Walker – get you six or eight points. Peyton Sparks can maybe get you a couple buckets. Caleb Banks. Uh, They probably have enough in terms of guys that can score, but I think Gabe's just got to remain focused on getting the ball where it needs to be on offense, being solid on defense, and and really just not turning it over. That'll be especially important against Auburn coming up because they're relentless with the ball pressure and they're going to be all over him. There was a couple of times I thought in the Michigan game in the first half where Cups looked a little bit uncomfortable with the pressure that, that Doug McDaniel was putting on him. I mean, that's going to be a whole other level against Auburn because they're going to just be all over him and be in passing lanes, and you got to be strong with the ball. can't throw any bad passes because there'll be a, a dunk on the other end if they do that. Good stuff from Alex and good questions from the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Alex, I want to turn the attention and talk a little bit about Auburn. Auburn, a 5-2 and two team heading into this game on Saturday, a 1 p.m. game against Auburn. It's a neutral site game. It'll take place as part of the holiday hoops giving event, State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta. What's your take on Auburn, and do you feel this is a winnable game as I do for Indiana? Yeah, <clears throat> Auburn's an interesting team because they've just got so many guys that play. I mean, they don't have one guy in their team that's playing more than 23 and a half minutes a game. They've got <clears throat> 10 guys who, though, are averaging more than about 14 and a half minutes a game. So you talk about a team that really does have two units or going 10 deep. Auburn does that, and they have to play that way because they're pressuring you and, and they're trying to worst turnovers. Um, I think they actually run some pretty good offense. You look at the the numbers on them, they're third in the country in terms of the percentage of field goals that they assist, 
So it's not a lot of one-on-one stuff. They're actually running pretty good stuff and getting good shots. They haven't shot the ball particularly well so far from the three-point line, but they got some guys that can make them, and then their big guy inside, uh, Johnny Broom, who started out his career actually, uh, I think, Moorhead State um, and transferred to Auburn, where he's kind of developed into an all-SEC level player. I think he's probably going to be in the discussion for uh, SEC player of the year this season when it's all said and done. You look at him right now, he's in the top 10 of Ken Palm's player of the year rankings, and it was thoroughly averaging over 18 points a game, over nine rebounds. Uh, fouls have been a problem for him. He's averaging a little bit more than five fouls for 40 minutes, so uh, that could be a, a factor in the game uh, for Indiana if they can get him in foul trouble. But you look at their resume so far. I mean, they had a, a really close game to start the season with Baylor on the neutral court, lost by six. Uh, they handled Notre Dame, who's not very good, really, this season by 24 um, early there in the season, the third game of the year, and beat Virginia Tech at home. But most recently, they lost at App State, who's actually a pretty good team, a top 100 team right now, and Ken Palm on the road, a close loss. So they're, they're definitely beatable. I think, though, for Indiana, they're going to have to be ready for the pressure and for just the the intensity that Auburn brings to the game. Being Bruce Pearl, his teams in many ways are kind of a microcosm of him. You watch him on the sidelines, he's intense. He's after it. He's relentless. His teams play that way. They go hard on the offensive last. They they won't hesitate. I don't think to bring a ton of pressure to Indiana when they catch it in the post. This is a game where not really having much three-point shooting kind of hurts Indiana, I think, because – Auburn knows they're not going to get hurt from the from the outside by Indiana. So when the ball goes into Renew and are aware, they're going to have to be decisive with what they want to do. You can't stand there and wait to make a move. Uh, if you do put the ball on the ground, you better be ready that somebody's going to be coming trying to take it from you. And when you saw a pass, you better find an open man because they get in passing lanes and they can go the other way and finish plays. That said, you know I don't think it's as good as some of the the more Recent Auburn teams, you know, a couple of years ago when they had Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, that was a really good team. Obviously, they were a tournament team last year. They expect to be one again this year, but it's it's not as much talent as Bruce Pearl uh, usually has there on his roster. Maybe I don't know if there's an NBA guy on this team, but they do have guys that that play hard to understand the system. And if Indiana is going to win on Saturday, they're going to have to. It's going to be a toughness battle. And how tough are you going against another team that, that's going to play hard and give it their all for 40 minutes? It can't be a game where you show up and play well for 28 minutes and think you're going to win. That's not going to work against Auburn. All right, good stuff. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall. You can read all of his work at InsideTheHall.com. You can follow him on social media at Inside the Hall. Alex, as always, thanks for all the great insight. We'll talk with you next week. Absolutely, Matt. Have a good one. Thank you. Absolutely. Our segment with Alex brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations in New Albany and Jeffersonville. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Steve Kerberg on high school basketball here in southern Indiana. And, of course, big rivalry game on Friday night, New Albany and Floyd Central. Stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday show. Steve Kerberg, longtime basketball coach here in the area and a great supporter of high school basketball here uh, in the uh, local areas with us for a Thursday chat. We're going to do this weekly throughout the season to catch up on the upcoming weekend ahead. And just so fun this time of year with all the high school basketball stuff really beginning to get underway. Steve, I, I think you've had a chance to get out to some games so far this season. Now that we're through Thanksgiving, the high school basketball season is really rolling. Oh, man, there's so much that we could talk about. Uh, a lot of great early performances, a lot of, uh, you know, teams that have exceeded expectations, uh, a lot of players that have had big games, um, and a lot of big-time games coming up this weekend. But, hey, can't forget also tonight, uh, girls basketball, Lanesville, Borden, number one versus number two, uh, both undefeated. Um, also, Silver Creek and Floyd Central tonight, girls basketball. I believe it's at Silver Creek. Um, some some big games all around. It's it, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, no question. Glad you brought that up. I was going to mention the one versus two in girls basketball. I think it's remarkable that this local, this close to home, number one in one A right now, Borden, number two in one A, Lanesville, just to our west in Harrison County, and of course the Eagles under the direction of Angie Hinton and Joe Hinton, and returning state champions from one A last year. What a great uh, mid! I guess really for girls, it's becoming midseason. What a great midseason treat here uh, in this early part of December. Uh, absolutely, and that that sectional is loaded with uh, talent. Uh, and there's there's a lot of talented players in this area on the girls' side this year, um, uh, and great coaching also. Steve Kerberg, my guest, talking high school basketball. All right, big one Friday night. We've talked a lot about it this week. We had Coach White from Floyd Central yesterday. We had Coach Jones from New Albany last week, but it's New Albany-Floyd Central, one of the great rivalry games here in the area. Your thoughts on that rivalry game as a whole, and then do you have a favorite or a pick this year in that game? Well, I had the, had the honor the privilege to coach in New Albany for a couple years with Coach Shannon and uh, – I was surprised when I went to New Albany how, you know, when I grew up, Jeff and New Albany was the rivalry, I felt like. And uh, I felt like I, I think I think one reason Floyd Central and New Albany has become such a big rivalry is because of how um, how well Coach Sturgeon did at Floyd Central. I think, um, you know, putting together some, some successful teams and some incredible talent during that stretch. So, so you got young people that grew up, that are playing, even playing right now that we're watching Romeo and coach Shannon go against Kobe Barnes and coach Sturgeon and those great teams. And, uh, you had some just incredibly, incredibly high level of basketball being played. Uh, those Floyd central teams, you know, the last decade have just been, been really hard to knock out of the tournament. And, and I think, I think a lot of those young people grew up watching those, those games and, now, 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 New Albany and Floyd—it's it's always been an incredible. Don't get me wrong; it's always been an incredible rivalry. But I think a lot of, even a lot of people may look at this as 
close to the Jeffersonville New Albany rivalry. I, I don't want to get in trouble for saying <laughs> saying that, but uh, it, I, I say all that to say that it's uh, that the crowds and the student sections and the uh, environment is very, very, very special. And uh, I, you know, I'd have to give the slight you know slight advantage to to New Albany this season. Just uh, uh, that junior class, I think, is really, really special. Um, very talented. Um, but but I, on, to, to be honest, I haven't got to see Floyd Central this year. They're one of the few teams I haven't got to see this year. So um, uh, just expect a special a special night. If someone someone has a chance to get a ticket and go be a part of that, it's uh, it's what makes uh, this area so 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 neat. You know, another interesting thing for the first time in maybe forever, it's the new coaches both ways. So, you know, Coach White, Fonzo White from Floyd, I know he's been around the state and has coached a number of different places, assistant coach, head coach. He's been in the grassroots basketball stuff as well. Coach Jones, his resume has taken him really all over the country coaching high school basketball. So I know that we're a little bit, I don't want to say arrogant, but proud of our area, and rightfully so. But I do find it hard to believe that Coach Jones or Coach White have ever uh, been involved in a rivalry game that is this tense all the time, this meaningful to all of the community, even those that don't have any connection to any of the players uh, on the teams any longer. Uh, but, you know, the Floyd Central New Albany, Jeff New Albany, I just find it hard to believe that out there there's in basketball there's more I don't want to say bitter rivals I don't have that feel but better rivals maybe than those those pair of games yeah you know I I, I got to coach in, in uh, at Jeffersonville also and uh, get get to play in the New Albany Jeff series uh, Jeffersonville versus Floyd Central New Albany versus Floyd Central obviously and I, I think that uh, one thing that you know, I wish I probably would have done more. It was just kind of you're so caught up in the game as a coach and worried about every little detail. And uh, sometimes I don't know if it's possible, but sometimes it, it, it's nice just to kind of pause for a second to look around and try to remember some of those moments because it it, it is really special. It, it you know you have people from all over the country that come here, and I have conversations all the time about just trying to explain. Um, coaching in that kind of environment or experiencing that kind of environment. Um, it is uh, very unique to this area. As you, you, Even as you see games across the country, you see videos, and then you see um, games in Indiana with packed, packed houses every Friday and Saturday night. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a unique experience for both coaches, and, and, and uh, I just hope, hope it's a great game for the fans. Steve Kerberg joining us talking high school basketball here in the area. We're blessed with a lot of great rivals local uh, here and make, that make the regular season even more fun. Uh, I asked Josh Cook this yesterday, and so I'll pose this same question to you, but have there been any surprises to you so far this high school season, whether it's a, a coach, a player, or maybe a, a team? You know, uh, I actually heard his interview with you on Wednesday, and I'd have to agree with him. I think Rock Creek is – off to a surprising start. Uh, I believe they lost four or five starters last year, and uh, their their guard play has been really good. Um, uh, junior Gavin Taylor and junior Kalen Brown have got off to a great start, and uh, you know led that team to success, some success. And hey, hey, don't don't forget on a on a related topic also Scottsburg and Brownstown this weekend. And speaking of Rock Creek, Rock Creek and Christian Academy will be a great. I guess you could call rivalry game also uh, this weekend. 
along with, with some several other games. But yeah, I believe Rock Creek's off, off to a great start. Um, I, I have to throw Silver Creek in there. Everybody, you know, knew that they were going to be talented this season, but it's a lot of young talent. And um, I think they're four and zero, maybe five and zero to start the season, and they have a. Uh, big challenge this weekend, I believe, or maybe next, they're at Jennings County coming up. That'll be a be a, a great game for them. But yeah, I would say Silver Creek and Rock Creek are off to surprising starts this year. Um, but but man, I, you know, you have some for real contenders in all four classes. You know, uh, in this local area. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Scottsburg at Brownstown on Friday. A little bit out of our area, but if you're a hoop head here in the area, it's going to be a fun one to follow. And then Scottsburg at Providence on Saturday night, so a road weekend for the Warriors who I've not seen play, but I hear they are really, really good and off to a great start this season. Coach Kerberg, always great to catch up. We'll look forward to continuing these Thursday conversations as we uh, peruse the area and take a look at all things high school basketball and uh, try to give some love to the coaches and players and schools here in the area. Uh, And you've been a great addition to the show. So look forward to that. Enjoy a great weekend of games. And we'll do this all over again a week from now. Hey, thank you, Matt, for having me. And um, have a great week. Thank you very much, Steve Kerberg. He's with us Thursdays on Southern Indiana High School Basketball. That's going to wrap things up for our Thursday program. We'll return Friday with Dylan Wallace and Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll get you set for the weekend. More on IU Auburn and, of course, more on high school basketball as we head into the weekend as well. If you missed the live show, you can find us as a podcast. Really, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we should be there. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. You can listen on demand if you can't join us live in the 11 a.m. hour each day here on the Big X. Don't forget New Albany Floyd Central Friday night as well. 7.05 pregame from Floyd Central High School. Join us for that if you can't make it out for the New Albany Floyd game on Friday night. Have a great Thursday. Back with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.